Dios le bendiga. God bless you. There we go. Now we're talking. Have a seat, please. It's a pleasure. It's an honor to be here tonight to minister the word. <clears throat> I never take it lightly when a pastor invites me to the church. Because basically what he is saying, he is saying, I want you to come in and feed my people. And that's a great responsibility. Uh, many preachers, many pastors don't invite preachers because you can get a preacher in the pulpit and shoot a 30, 40, 50 minute message and mess up the church for the next six, seven months in order to clean it up because they didn't know what they were saying. So, you know, pastors are kind of, who do I bring? Who do I don't bring? <clears throat> so I thank God for this opportunity. The pastor told me today that uh, I had till 10 o'clock, uh, but that at 8 o'clock he was going home. <laughs> no, he didn't say anything. <laughs> Let me tell you, I went to the back then and I had enough sugar and strawberry shortcake and Dr. Pepper to go for about six hours. <laughs> and I got a buzz and we're going to have fun tonight. Amen? The pastor asked me to do this thing bilingual, so we're going to give it a shot to see what, what happens here. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that you give me to minister your word. Father, I ask that this word, the seed, will fall in the good grounds of the hearts of your people. It will take root and in due season it will produce a harvest for your honor and glory. Father, I ask for a special anointing to minister your word. And Father, I will take care to give you all the glory and all the honor. Father, I thank you for the move of the Holy Spirit, the gifts and operation, and what you're going to do tonight in this place. Father, I thank you in advance, for I know that when you show up, you show out. We ask it this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. <clears throat> I'm not going to translate that in Spanish. <laughs> it's time to challenge your life. Es tiempo de retar tu vida. When I talk about challenge, I mean to confront, to defy, to fight, to ask questions, to provoke, to demand identification. Cuando yo hablo de, de, de reto, estoy hablando de confrontar, de desafiar, de pelear, de hacer preguntas, provocar, buscar identificación. We have come into a time uh, of profound significance, of change, a time of destiny for God's people. Hemos entrado en una temporada que es muy importante porque es para cambio del pueblo de Dios y su destino. But we, but we must be ready and we must be on time. Tenemos que estar preparados y tenemos que estar a tiempo. I would like to ask you a question. Have you ever missed an appointment? Una pregunta. ¿Alguna vez usted ha perdido una cita? But even worse than missing an appointment is knowing that the time has arrived for the appointment and you're not ready. Pero peor de perder la cita es que el tiempo llegó y tú no estabas preparado para la cita. If you don't believe that, ask your kids. Ma, I got a test tomorrow and I forgot to study. Ma, yo tengo un examen mañana y no estudié, se me olvidó. The appointment showed up but you wasn't ready. La cita apareció y tú no estabas preparado. Ephesians 5 and 6 says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Efesios 5, 6, 16 dice, redimiendo el tiempo porque los tiempos son malos. Los días son malos. It is time to challenge our lives and take possession of what God has promised us. Es tiempo de retar nuestra vida y tomar lo que Dios nos ha prometido, las promesas de Dios. 
Todo, we all experience loss and difficult times. Todos experimentamos pérdida, tiempos difíciles. But God continues to be faithful to us. Pero Dios sigue siempre siendo fiel. Entonces, and then I ask you, what do you do when something in life tries to rob you of what is rightfully yours? ¿Qué tú haces cuando la vida te roba algo que es tuyo? A ti te pertenece y la, riba, la, 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 la vida te lo robó. What do you do when life steals something from you? He was your husband and a little chiquita banana took him and, and <laughs> era tu esposo y vino una chiquitita por allá y te lo llevó. It was your job and somebody else got the promotion. Era tu trabajo y le dieron la promoción a otro. And they stole it from you. Te lo robaron. Many people end up in prison, in hospitals. Poverty, homeless, prostitution, drug addiction. Others blame God. Mucha gente pasa por los problemas y terminan en las prisiones, en los hospitales, en la pobreza, en la calle. En prostitución, en la, droga, en la adicción a las drogas. Otro le echan la culpa a Dios. It was God. Fue Dios. I prayed. He never answered. In the book of Numbers 27. I want you to go there and follow me. En el libro de Números, capítulo 27. We read a story about a man named Salohaphat. He died and left five daughters without an inheritance because they were women. En el libro de Números 27 vemos la historia de un hombre que murió, tenía propiedades, tenía dinero y cuando él murió dejó las hijas sin herencia porque eran mujeres. Todavía hoy son jacistas y discriminan contra la mujer. Thank you, sister. What do you do when something in life tries to rob you what's rightfully you? ¿Qué tú haces cuando la vida te trata de robarte algo que a ti te pertenece? These five sisters decided to challenge their father's inheritance. Estas cinco muchachas decidieron de retar la herencia de su padre. They refused to sit back passively and accept nothing. Ellas rehusaron sentarse y decir, bueno, ay, no, no vamos a recibir nada. No. They were willing to challenge their destiny, to confront, to fight, to conquer, to make questions. Ellas estaban dispuestas a, a, a pelear, a hacer preguntas, a, a, a conquistar. In my mind, I can see five women in a bedroom. <laughs> Two on the bed, one on the sofa, the other one's on the floor, and they're arguing. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Cinco mujeres discutiendo en una recámara y todas ahí parecen un pejo de gato. That belongs to us. Daddy died and we were left with nothing. Papi murió y no nos dejó un cinco. It's not just. No es justo. Today, many people are so passive and do not seek the power they need to press through the obstacles of life. Mucha gente son pasivas y no pelean. No enfrentan el reto de la vida. Van ahí como Dios quiere. No, 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 no. The enemy ha wrecks havoc in their lives because they refuse to stand up and say enough is enough. El enemigo hace escanto en la vida de ellos porque ellos rehusan pararse y decir basta ya suficiente, se acabó este asunto. Yo voy a luchar. 
Passive people do not win in life. Gente pasiva en el, en el mundo no, nunca gana nada. The Bible says that the, 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 the violent take it by force. Dice que los valientes son los que lo arrebatan. Are you one of those violent people? Eres tú uno de esos violentos. I know that many of you, when you was in the world, especially you guys, and women too, if somebody looked at your girlfriend, man, you came unglued, you were ready to jump over that table and grab that guy by the neck and kill him. Ah, cuando estábamos en el mundo y tú salías con tu novia y alguien te miraba la chamaquita, tú estabas dispuesto a jancarle la cabeza de un cantazo. And some of you girls, what you looking at my man for? Tú estás mirando al hombre mío, estás loco, loca. And yeah, we come, this is for the pastors, because you guys don't understand it. Pastor, they come to church, and you take that tough guy and that tough chick, and you tell them, I want you to lead prayer. Oh, pastor, I can't do that. No, I don't know what to do. The violent, if you was violent in the world, you should be violent in the church for God. Si tú eres violento en el mundo, para el diablo debe ser violento en la iglesia para las cosas de Dios y agajar de las promesas de Dios y echar para adelante. The Bible says that the five daughters went before Moses saying, in Numbers 27, verse 4, Why should the name of our father be removed from among his family because he had no sons? Give us a possession among our father's brothers. Número 27, 4, dice, ¿Por qué será borrado el nombre de nuestro padre, de su familia, por no haber tenido hijo? Danos la parte de la herencia que nos pertenece. I ask you this morning, this evening, what's happening with your inheritance? ¿Qué está pasando con tu herencia? Quizás tu padre te dejó, tu madre te dejó un dinero, una propiedad, un negocio. Your parents left you money. They left you a business. They left you an insurance policy. They left you something. What is happening with your inheritance? The Bible says that Moses went before God and presented their cause. And the Bible says that God answered. Every time you go before the Lord, the Lord answers. Siempre que tú vas delante del Señor, el Señor contesta. El problema que tenemos, the problem that we have is this. We go before the Lord. We pray, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and Lord, blah, 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 blah. And you say, everything you got a bellyache about. Nos encamos orar, hablamos, disparamos y hacemos todo lo que tenemos que hacer. And the Lord says, okay, let me do something about it. So the Lord gets up and he looks down and he looks and he doesn't see you there anymore. Where, where did she go? What happened to her? Hello, anybody home? Because we are not trained to wait on the Lord to answer us. When you pray, get a piece of paper, a pencil, and write. God will give you a thought. He'll give you a passage. He'll give you a word. He'll give you an idea. Write it down. And when you get through, go to the word and find out what God is trying to say to you. You will find out that he will speak to you in that situation. Dios te va a hablar a través de la oración cuando él te contesta. Pero tú tienes que esperar en Jehová. La Biblia dice que los que esperan en Jehová son los que se montan como el águila. Those that wait upon the Lord are the ones that arise like the eagle. Moses went before the Lord and presented the case. And God answered Dios, Moisés va delante de Dios y él presenta su situación de esta muchacha. 
Número 27, 5 al 7. Y en Moisés llevó su causa delante de Jehová. Y Jehová respondió a Moisés diciendo, bien dicen las hijas de Selojafat. Le dará la posición de una heredad entre los hermanos de su padre. Y traspasará la heredad de su padre a ella. So Moses went before the Lord, the case before the Lord. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, the daughters of Selojafat speak what is right. You shall surely give them a possession of inheritance among their father's brothers and cause the inheritance of their father to pass to them. Till today, that is law. I have my attorney here. <laughs> Most of the laws today on the books are Old Testament law that God established with his people. Today, if you die, your children get what you have. If they die, their children's children. It goes all the way down the line until it comes to no more than the state keeps it. <laughs> That's law. Take your cause before the Lord. Lleva tu causa delante de Jehová and he will give you the possessions that he has promised you. I gave you the story last night of my mother how she took a promise from the word. And that promise said believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household shall be saved. Creen el Señor Jesucristo está salvo tú y toda tu casa. And my mother prayed for 16 years, 17 years and God answered on my three brothers who were heroin addicts. And last night I, had told, I told you that my father had a mistress. <laughs> I never finished the story. The mistress was his church. It wasn't another woman. <laughs> Because he dedicated his time to the church. And he gave the church the best. Your responsibility, number one, is to God. Tu responsabilidad primordial es con Dios. And then it is your home, your wife, and your kids. And then your ministry. God did not tell Adam and Eve, To go start a church. He told him go and start a home. Start a family. The next thing. And I know a lot of people don't like this. The next thing he told him was. Now go into the field and work. <clears throat> he said to them multiply. That's the only rule that man till today keeps. <laughs> producing. Is reproducing. That's all. He multiply. <laughs> Dios le dijo a Moisés, a, a, a Adán y Eva, vayan y hagan un hogar primero. Y después le dijo, ahora vete a trabajar. Y multiplíquese. Tu familia es número uno. Your family is number one. That's God's promise to you. Your children are, are God's promise to you. Los hijos tuyos son promesas de Dios para ti. Son de bendición. Sure, we say, it's my, my daughters, my, 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 my son. No, 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 no. They are not your children. They're not your daughter. And they're not just, those are God's children. You and I, we are just the managers that help. With God's help, we raise them in the fear of God. The children of God. That's why we will be held accountable the way we raise them up. By the way, hi girls, I love you. <laughs> I got my wife and my two daughters watching me. <laughs> I got to go home and answer Why? <laughs> A lot of people, they expect that when they became Christians, everything was going to fall out of heaven and fall on their laps. Muchas veces que cuando vinieron a ser cristianos, las, las cosas iban a salir del cielo y le iban a salir en la falda. Los billetes de a 20 iban a ser. $20 bills was going to flow and come down like this. Uh -uh, it's not going to happen. Jesus is a Jew. Jesús es un judío. And a Jew doesn't give you something for nothing. That's why every promise In the word of God has a condition. If you do, I do. Amen. If you go up, I'll bring you down. If you go down, I'll bring you up. 
If you sow, I'll give you a harvest. If you cast your bread upon the water, I'll cause your bread to come back. Si te sube, yo te bajo. Si te baja, yo te subo. Si siembra, cosecha. See, every promise has a condition. When you meet that condition, God will meet the other half of the condition to give you that promise. You can't blame your pastor. You can't blame me. You can't blame your mama. You can't blame your sister, your brother. This is between you and God personally. Esto es algo personal entre tú y Dios. No le puedes echar la culpa a tu mamá, a tu papá, al pastor, a mí, a otra persona. Nosotros siempre somos... Señor, la esposa que me diste. Lord, the wife you gave me. Always blaming the wife. But this is not what the word of God says. The word of God says in Joshua 1 and 8 says, Tell us that we become prosperous and successful when we speak God's word, we meditate it day and night and keep to, and observe it. Then we'll prosper and have a good life. Josué 1.8 dice, Nunca se apartará de tu boca en otras palabras, de confesar o de hablar este libro de la ley, sino que de día y de noche meditarás en él para que guardes y hagas. Digan, guarda y hacer. Conforme a todo lo que está inscrito en ella, porque entonces hará prosperar tu camino y todo te saldrá bien. You see, there's a process. Hay un proceso. There's a process. You want to preach? Go to school. Get educated. Learn how to preach. Once you learn how to that you study, align yourself with a preacher. Tú quieres predicar, métete a estudiar. Dispealíñate con un pastor. Sírvele un pastor. Hasta que Dios te da la promoción y te sube al lugar que tú tienes que estar. Until God promotes you and takes you to the place you have to be. But we don't want to do that. We want to run to the Bible Institute. We know three verses. We got a Thompson Chain Bible. I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach. Vamos a la escuela a estudiar, nos aprendemos tres versos. Ya queremos predicar, ya somos predicadores. There's a process. There's a price that we have to pay as leaders. There's a price, Father, that you have to pay in order for God to bless your home. Wife, there's a price that you have to pay. Your job is to help your, your man, your husband, to become the man that he needs to be. My wife is always checking me out. Sometimes when I'm preaching and she sits up front here, she has a notebook and a pad. When she pulls that pad out, I say, oh my God, what did I say? What did I do? Oh, I'm going to hear it big time when I get to the house. And she'll tell me, don't you ever, 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 don't you ever say that word again. That's a wrong word. That's offensive. This is a, she'll correct me. And I take it. I don't get bent out of shape. No. Ella me corrige. God gave Men, let me tell you what I'm going to, listen to what I'm going to tell you. God gave you the wife you have to help you. When God looked at men and women, he didn't say the woman needed help. He said, the man needs the help. Ladies. <laughs> so don't argue with God's gift. How many times? Because we're men. We're, 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 we're smart, man. We're We be smart. <laughs> We tell our wives, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to start a little business with Pepe, transmission business. And I'm going to put $2,000 and Pepe's going to put $2,000. We're going to start a business. 
And your little wife that doesn't know nothing about transmission. She doesn't know nothing about cars. She doesn't know who Pepe is. She tells you something like this. Ese tipo me cae pesado. I don't, I don't want you with that guy. I, don't, don't get involved with that, that guy. I don't like that guy. Honey, you don't even know the guy. I don't care. I don't, I don't like that guy. And uh, you shouldn't get into that business. But because we are smart, we get into business. And then six weeks later, we walk into the house. <laughs> Honey, what's wrong? Nothing, nothing's wrong. No, no, what's wrong? Pepe took the $2,000 in the transmission and we lost everything. Your wife was the one that didn't know anything. But we're so smart. You know what we do? We do it again. <laughs> I got four kids and I'm not going to have no more. <laughs> Six months later, okay, another one. God gave you your wife to help you. To be a helpmate. I know some wives are a helpmate, but, but most of them are a helpmate. <laughs> Wife, teach your husband how to dress. Señora Vistil, teach him how to eat. Tell him which fork is for the salad, which fork is to eat with. Show him which is the butter knife and which is the knife to cut. Teach them. You're a leader, you're supposed to know this. When you go to eat to a restaurant, people are watching you. They watch everything you do, how you eat, how you pick everything up. I was in uh, Panama, and they invited us to eat at a high-dollar country club. I mean, the most famous, the most rich people go to that place. And all the waiters there, all white glove, and I mean, top of the line. And we sat down, and we ordered our food. And uh, one of my guys that was with me, from the corner of my eye, he had ordered a steak, and he picked up the whole steak with his hand. <laughs> you see, you jerk, put that thing down. Put that thing down. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Look at me. Look what I do. do. Copy me. Don't worry. Just copy me. <laughs> People are watching you. They watch the way you dress, the way you walk, what you say. They watch you when you're looking at the girls. Oh. Men, take care of yourselves. Stop looking at God's creation and keep your eyes on the creator. Oh, the ladies like that one. Huh? But we're spiritual people, you know. We, we, the little sister goes by and she's pretty. I mean, because there's pretty ladies in the church. And this lady goes by and she's a real nice girl. And, you know. Because we're spiritual. We? Look what the Lord has done. Don't give me no baloney. Look what the Lord has done. Keep your eyes on the creator and keep them off the creation. And the ladies too. Because the ladies, they like to look at the guys. And say, Did you see his buns? Look, you know, you know, right? Yeah, I know. I got three girls, two girls home. Look, at she said, oh my God, what did he just say? That's life. That's reality. God created that in you. This thing about me being attracted to a woman, that wasn't not my mom and my pop, my daddy. That was God who put that in me. It was God, wife, that woman, that God put that when you see a man. You're a, God did that to you. But he also gave you the word to control it. I go all over the world. I see women all colors, shapes, size, you name it. Beautiful, ugly. Some of them are so ugly that the doctor slapped their mama. <laughs> And I'm a man of God.
God, but I am blind. <laughs> Do I like that? Yeah, I like that. The difference between you and me is that 45, 47 years ago in a church in Brooklyn, I made a covenant with God and with my wife to be faithful to her. So I don't care what I see, what I, I love my wife and I'm faithful to her. Takes discipline. That's why I mentioned yesterday or this morning, your home is a church. It's a ministry. That's where you start practicing these things. Teaching your daughters respect so that they respect you. So that when they look at a guy to marry, they're going to try to get a guy that emulates their daddy that shows respect. I tell the girls, listen, if you're going out with this guy, go to his house. Look at his, see how he treats his mother. A man that doesn't respect his mother doesn't respect nobody. Amen. Nobody. I tell him, take him out, call him up and say, hey, let's go out tonight. Let's go to a nice place. And when he shows up, tell him, no, I ain't going. Change my mind. See how he acts. <clears throat> Let him show his colors. See, God has given you promises that you demand from the Lord. You said, you said that you would give me a good husband. You said you would give me a good wife. You said you would bless me. What has the enemy stolen from you? ¿Qué te ha robado el enemigo a ti que tú hoy no lo tienes? Te prometió un ministerio, un disco para cantar. Te prometió que te iba a ser un pastor, una misionera. What did the enemy steal from you? Did God promise you a CD, music CD? That you was going to be a pastor, a preacher? That you was going to be a pastor of a great church? And something happened and the enemy stole it from you? They promised you and they never came across? And now you sit here tonight thinking, oh my God, man, the, the airplane left and left my luggage and all and I missed it. My time went by. Perdí la oportunidad. It's too late. Listen, if God promised it to you, it is never, never too late. God is faithful to his word. Maybe you took a detour, but God is there to pick you up again and get you back into the action. You have something that God needs for you to deliver. I can't deliver what you have to deliver and you can't deliver what I've got to deliver. Each one is individual and God has something for all of us. It takes effort to speak and effort to read and study the word and meditate on the word of God. Se necesita esfuerzo para hablar y caminar y practicar la palabra de Dios. When somebody slaps you and you're getting ready to curse them out, it takes discipline, it takes effort to bite your tongue. They say, I love you. Because <laughs> all you want to do is uh, you want to apply the five-fold ministry. Boom. I remember I was in a revival service. In our church, we had a special guest. And the evangelist says, I want everybody that's sick, needs to have a need, get in the aisle. I'm going to make a prayer. This old man, he got up, real elderly man, <coughs> and he got up. And I went to him and I said, sir, you don't have to stand. Just sit down and receive, just like if you had to be standing. It's okay. We, God understands. We understand. Just sit down. And when I grabbed him by the elbows to help him sit down, he was very elderly, fragile. I sat him down. The lady in the back reached out and slapped me. Boom! Oh, lady, you must not know where I come from. <laughs> I 
had a mic in my hand. And I got this giant killing anointing on me. <laughs> and I was ready to pop that lady. In the... And when I went like this, the Holy Spirit says, stop. And I went like this. You see, 95% of the church would have said, yeah, Pastor Delgado, knock her out. Yeah, she deserves it. We know you. But it's that other 5% that would have criticized you because you are a man of God, you're the pastor in this church, and you should have never laid a hand on her. And that 5% will ruin your testimony and your career in the Lord. That's why it takes discipline. It takes discipline. It takes discipline when my wife calls me and she says, I need to talk to you. I say, oh, man. <laughs> because the Lord uses her too. She'll give me a word. She respects me. She does it with honor. She said, the Lord showed me this. You need to change this. Hmm. All right. <laughs> okay. The Lord gave me her to help me. Don't refuse God's gift in your life. It's a gift that God has given you. To prosper, we must do what the word of God says. Para prosperar, tú tienes que hacer lo que dice la palabra de Dios. Cuando se llegan las cosas que tienen que ver con tu destino, tu herencia en Cristo Jesús, que tiene que ver con tus hijos, con tu esposa, tu esposo, tu salud, tú tienes que retar las posibilidades de la vida. When it comes to the things that pertain to your destiny, your right inheritance in Christ, you have to, things that have to do with your spouse, your children, your health, you need to challenge all the possibilities in life. You just can't sit there and wait on, I'm, brother, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Give me a break. The Lord's been waiting on you for 30 years to get off your blessed assurance and do something. <laughs> Go to church. Brother, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Yeah. It's 20 years sitting there. You can see the bun prints on the chair, sitting in the same chair. 20 years waiting on the Lord. Give me a break. The Lord's been waiting on you to get up and to do something. His warehouses are full of miracles and, and, and blessing and possessions and everything you can desire. God wants to give you the desires of your heart. You want a Mercedes? God will give it to you. You want a big house with five bedrooms and, and a nice pool in the back and, and all the goodies? God will give. God delights himself in blessing his children. But his children need to do his word. But the problem with a lot of us is that if God gave us a new car tonight... Tomorrow we couldn't come to church because I got to shine my car for Monday to go to work. <laughs> because we can't handle the blessing. I can tell you a blessing that you're going to tell me, brother, you are a liar. You're an exaggerator and I don't believe anything you just said. If I told you some of the blessings that God has given my wife and I and my family. Out of nowhere, not looking, just... When you obey, the Bible says that God is a rewarder of them that digitally seek him. What that word reward means that he pays you. How does he pay you? It could be with money. It could be with health. It could be with a door that's closed that's going to be opened. It could be a miracle in your son, your daughter's life. He rewards you. The Bible says that we, being no good, know how to do good things for our children. How much more our heavenly father will do for us. But you must challenge your life. You got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Well, brother, you know, I'm already 60 plus years. It don't make no difference. You can do more in the next 10, 15 years of your life than you've done all your 60 years of life. 
You need to get into the word and study what does it say about healing, Satan, the blessings, how to sow and reap. What does it take to have good children, have a good marriage? What does it take? You know, sometimes I do, a, we used to do counseling. I don't do counseling anymore. <coughs> Wives, brother, you don't understand my husband. The guy's a jerk. He's just a first-class certified approved jerk. And I look at him and say, honey, you're the one that picked him. <laughs> I didn't pick you. You picked him. I didn't pick him for you. Find out what the Lord says about having a good husband. Don't pray for God to change your husband. Tell the Lord to change you. Lord, make me the woman that I need to be for that man. Father, make me the man that I need to be for my wife. You worry about yourself. Stop, Lord, change my wife. God is not going to change your wife. He's got to change you because you're the one that's ruining her. The Bible says that the man, the woman reflects the glory of her husband. If your wife looks all trashy and all messed up, that's because you're trashy and you're messed up because she's reflecting you. Hello, somebody. <laughs> Guys don't like that. You know, my wife goes out, she looks like a movie star. She has everything nice. I have a nice car for her. She goes to the store, pulls out her cart. That cart says John Delgado on it. It doesn't say Irish, it says John Delgado, me. <laughs> she buys like she's going to pay for the stupid stuff. <laughs> no, I'm the one that's paying for it. <laughs> and everywhere she goes, they say, you're so beautiful. My wife's very quiet. She's very quiet. You know, I said yesterday that a woman talks 30,000 and a man talks 20,000 words a day. My wife talks 10,000 and I borrow the other 20 from her. <clears throat> but when my wife opens her mouth to talk, you better look out. You better look out. What does God say about your marriage? You want to be a leader in the church and you can't govern in your own house? You disrespect your wife. If you hit her, wife, if your husband hits you, let me know who he is. We go behind the church tonight when we get to. I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show him one or two tricks. You're a tough guy because she can't defend herself. That's why you're a tough guy. I had a friend of mine who was an evangelist, powerful guy, little short dude like this, powerful. He would read your mail instantly. But he, had a he came from drugs. He had a bad habit of hitting his wife. One day he showed up at my house, Tuesday morning. And he comes in and says, hey, honey, make some coffee for us. Sure. So he said at the end of the table, I said at this end of the table. And I'm minding my own business. And the Holy Spirit tells me I need you to deliver some mail to him. I said, oh, give me a break. Give me a break. Man. Why, you mail Why you put me in these situations? Because he knows I have what it takes to deliver it. Because I made a covenant with him 45 years ago that I would say, do whatever he wanted. So I say, hey, Louis, the Lord gave me a word for you. Really? Yeah, what is it? He says, the Lord says that the next time you hit your wife, he's going to cause that for every punch and every slap that you give her, you're going to get five. Man, why are you saying that to me? Why are you? Hey, I just delivered the mail. I'm just the mailman. Here's the letter. You do whatever you want with it. <laughs> That was Tuesday. 
He played the trumpet. He went to church. There was a revival going on in the church that he belonged to, and he played the trumpet. And Saturday morning, he got into a little spiffy with his wife, and he punched the lights out and slapped her. And he went to church to play his trumpet like nothing had ever happened. You see, guys, your pastor doesn't know what you did. Nobody in church knows what you did, but God knows what you did. And you mess with his daughter. This woman happens to be a prayer warrior. A woman that God raised to pray for my wife and I in our ministry. Tremendous woman of God. But he was a first class jerk. He tells me, I saw him 30 days later. He walks into my house and he's got this brace on from the neck down to here like this. And I go, Louie, what happened to you? You look at like Freddy Krueger's cousin. What happened to you? <coughs> Man, don't prophesy to me. What happened to you? He says, Saturday night when I walk out of church, I was coming home and I don't know from where, how, who, where, two black guys. I mean, they were giants. <laughs> yeah, I bet they were. <laughs> they grabbed me, they slapped me, they punched me. He had gotten to hip replacement and in a kick, they popped one of his sockets out. Talk about pain. I says, Louis, do you think I was joking with you when I told you the Lord said? You know, I'm very careful when I say that. When I get an inclination or a feeling, or I got a gut feeling, you call it whatever you want, I never say the Lord. But when I say the Lord said, baby, you can take that check to the bank. They're going to cash it for you. I don't play games with that. I said, do you think I was playing games with you? Oh, man, I don't know. Now you know, buddy. 30 days later, my wife tells me, call Louie, I got a word for him. I said, oh, boy. <coughs> he told me, what, what did she say? What, what did she say? I said, I have no idea. I don't get involved with my wife with those things. God speaks to her. She speaks to me. What he says to me is mine. What he speaks to her is hers. We respect each other. My wife told him, if you don't have to get your act together, the Lord showed me that you was going to be in a wheelchair the rest of your life. Today, he's in San Antonio in a men's home in a wheelchair. A powerful preacher, a man of God that will not submit to the authority of the word of God. Amen. You play, you pay. Amen. You pay, you play, you pay. It takes courage to stay out, get out of your comfort zone and learn new things. Learn to trust the Lord. You, you know something that I hate? I hate to tell my wife, I'm sorry. Man, I detest that. I can't, Pastor, I can't, Pastor, stay single. <laughs> Don't get into trouble, please. You're doing good, bro. <laughs> I hate telling my wife, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I hate it. I hate, I hate it, brother. I hate, down, down, boy. <laughs> my blood starts, so you know what I do? So I don't have to say I'm sorry. You know what I do? It's very easy. I tell her the truth. I'm always speaking the truth. We have nothing to hide. If I broke it, I broke it. <laughs> well, honey, it just slipped out of my... It was a, no, no, I broke it. Always speaking the truth. My wife, never, I've never lied to my wife. Never. She's never lied to me. We're open. We talk about it. My daughter's the same way. We've taught them the only way to prosper is God's way. God, however, always sets before you a challenge that's bigger than you. Because if he gave you a challenge that's small, you would do it and you will get all the glory. 
But when the challenge is bigger than you, you will find out that you got to depend on the Lord and the Lord will bail you out and you say, it was the hand of the Lord. Your job is not to find out how God's going to do it, when he's going to do it, and who he's going to use to do it. Your job is to trust and obey and let him do his thing and you do yours. He will not allow you to settle for less. Well, brother, I'm here in Beeville, you know, all my life. This place, you know, they ain't going nowhere. There ain't nobody here. I've been here. How am I going to prosper in the Lord? How am I going to make money? There's nothing down here. What am I going to do? All there is is corn and dust, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> and you see, you try, you're trying to bring God to your situation. Instead of you trying to get in God's situation and say, I'm going to trust you in the Lord. Amen. I'm going to trust you. And you know, what can come out of Brooklyn? Well, the Lord took me out of Brooklyn and I've got, been around the world literally to every country you can think of. People say, how do you do it? I say, I don't. It's the Lord. My calendar is four or five months full. When I leave here now, next week, Tuesday, I get home tomorrow. Tuesday morning, I jump on a plane, go to Ecuador. Four days to train leaders. Big denomination. They got a hundred, the past, one pastor only has 160 something churches. So I want you to come and train my men. I get home, the next weekend I go to Chicago. I come home, the next weekend I go to Monterey. I come home, the next week I go to Dubai into Singapore. The Lord. I don't look to go, the Lord takes me. If I got no place to go, I go home. I go to my church Sunday morning. I bring my tithing. I bring my offering. Just like any other. I'm not Apostle Delgado. I'm not Dr. Delgado. I'm just Brother John. I could care less about titles. Titles have their place. And because I've learned to trust the Lord. I can sit home six weeks going nowhere. And money comes in. People, I read your book and the Lord told me to send you this. The Lord says you need this. Because he said to me, I don't know about your Bible, but my Bible says that if my way please the Lord, that I do what he tells me to do, that he will bless me, that he will see that I have everything, and that he will supply for all my needs. You know, I'm here, I make money, I take my app, right there, I, before I even leave this place, I tithe my money to the church. That's first. You don't, you don't write the electrical bill. You don't write the mortgage. You write the tithing check should be the first thing you write. It's the first bill you pay. Put God first. Well, what difference does it make if I do it the third or the fourth check? It makes a big difference because it's, it's, a, it's a matter of an attitude that God is first in your life. You have been given a tremendous inheritance in Christ Jesus. Tenemos una herencia tremenda en Dios. Grandísima que Dios nos ha dado. Quítale los límites. Los límites de duda, de, de ser tímido, de las ofensas, del temor. Get, get rid of timidity. Get rid of doubt. Get rid of the offense. Get rid of fear. God is with us. If God before us, who can come against us? Who? Who? Nobody. Nobody. Challenge your life and your life will change. My mother challenged God with her three children. Three heroin addicts. My brothers had tracks under their legs, all their arms, in their tongue, their private area, all over. And even though the people in the church with the gift of tongues, don't waste your time, Matilde. They, they, they're a waste. They're gone. My mother would say, no, God told me 
that if I would serve him, my children would serve him. And my mother prayed for 15, 16 years. Listen, folks, parents, listen to what I'm going to tell you. We, 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 our kids get into trouble and we come up here and we want the pastor to take a little bottle of masola oil, granola oil, organic oil, all kind of. We think we're at the cafeteria making a salad and we like to get black with oil and all that baloney. And, and, and pastor, you pray for me. He should call him on Sunday and go home. We keep living the same way we live. That ain't going to do nothing for you. On the contrary, the devil will use it against you because he says, you went up there, you got prayed for, look, nothing's happening. Learn to change your ways. I'm going to start living for the Lord. I'm a leader. I'm going to be the best leader pastor Isaac has. Nobody's going to, I'm going to be the best leader. I'm the janitor of the church. I'm going to make sure that place is spotless. I'm an electrician. I can't preach. I can't pray. But I'm an electrician. Pastor, what do you need fixed? I'm a painter. Pastor, what do you need? You can't speak English, but you can wash a car. Pastor, where's your car? Let me wash your car. Let me wash the vans in the church. Whatever you do, do it to the Lord. Amen. Do it as unto the Lord, and you will see that God will prosper you. God will bless you. First Chronicles 28, 20 says, And David said to his son Solomon, Be strong and of good cheer, and do it. Do not fear, nor be dismayed. For the Lord God, my God, will be with you and he will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Señor le dice, anímate y esfuérzate. Pon mano a la obra. No temas ni desmayes porque Jehová Dios, mi Dios estará contigo y él no te dejará ni te desamparará hasta que hagas toda la obra. Es una promesa de Dios para ti. Well, brother, you know, I've wasted all my life. No, 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 no. This is the time for you to start. <clears throat> this is the time for you to say, I'm going to do it. And get up. You can do more damage to hell in the next 10, 15 years of your life than the 40, 50 years that you have lived for him. <clears throat> Jeremiah 29, 11 and 12 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray for to me and I will listen to you <coughs> porque yo sé los planes que tengo para ti de prosperarte de hacerte de no hacerte mal y darte esperanza y un futuro entonces me invocaréis vendréis y oraréis a mí y yo escucharé <coughs> when God sits at the throne and he looks at you and he looks at me you know what he's saying he, he doesn't look at you with your faults and all that mess he looks at you and he says you're more than a conqueror you can do all things through Christ that gives you the strength Everything you touch will prosper. You shall be the head and not the tail. That's what God thinks about you. Stop worrying about what your mother-in-law says about you. <coughs> Get up. Say, Lord, here am I. I'll do it. Choose whom you're going to serve. Escoge a quien tú le vas a servir. A un Dios poderoso supremo o al temor al mundo. Who are you going to serve? A powerful God? Or are you going to serve the fear, the world, and the bad news? God is challenging you today. What has the enemy stolen from you? That you feel he was ripped off. I worked for a pastor, and he said I was going to be his co-pastor, and he gave it to somebody else and left me to dry out. I was in a church, 
And I gave my money. I gave my tithing. I gave everything I had. And the pastor messed me up and gave it to somebody else. What has the enemy stolen from you? And with this I finish. Proverbs 4.20. My son, give attention to my word. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And medicine to all their flesh. You're sick? Get into the word. <clears throat> As you read the word, the word will heal you. Proverbios 4.20, hijo mío, estás atento a mis palabras y a mis razones. Y no te aparten de tus ojos, ni de tus oídos, ni de tu corazón, porque son vida a todos los que la hallan. Y medicina para todo tu cuerpo. It's a promise of God for you. That's God's promise for you. God wants to do, brother, you don't know what I did. Who cares? Who gives a rip what you did? You already asked the Lord to forgive you 49 times. All you need to do is why every time you go, oh, Father, forgive me. Forgive you for what? You already got forgiven. It's not there no more. Stop letting the enemy start accusing you. Well, brother, you don't know the people that I hurt. Forget it. God already forgave you. Get an attitude adjustment. Know that God is before you. And that he wants to restore what the enemy has stolen from you. God wants to do it for you. You know, my brothers did 17 years of drugs. Well, you know the lifestyle of a, of a junkie? Stealing, robbing, doing all kind of craziness. And God raised them up all to be ministers. And God used them. Two of them died from, from hepatitis. The consequences of sin is death. But God restored them. And God was faithful to that mother. And produced that promise because she trusted him but it didn't happen in one week it happened in 16 years of prayer every morning at 10 o'clock my mother would pray Lord you told me that if I would serve you my children would serve you Amen. go before the Lord Lord you told me that I was supposed to pastor this church and this thing ain't growing I don't know if it's me you or who it is but you told me I was going to be here and I need you to help me with this thing claim your promise Amen. claim your promise everything in church work you're going to have great days you're going to have bad days You're going to have good people. You're going to have lousy people. That's part of the job. Dealing with people. But God is with us. You've been here all day yesterday, today, learning and listening. Basically, all the conferences are all the same. All telling you the same thing. Get your act together. Trust God. God is with you. Don't mess up. So you messed up. God has forgiven you. This is your way of getting up. Let's do it. Don't worry about this little town where you're at. That's, that's your least problem. God knows where you're at. That's what's important. And God will arise you and get, and, and this, this church with the leadership you have and your pastor, there's no reason why this church shouldn't be five, six, seven, eight hundred members in this little town. 10% of it to the Lord. And people will come from all over to see what you're doing. People will come because people go where the fire is. The Brownsville Revival, a little town down there nobody knew about until they started the revival. And they came from all over the world to see the Brownsville Revival, what God was doing. Why? Because one man said, here am I. I claim your promise. You said you was going to use me. You told me 20 years ago that I was going to be doing this. You told me I was going to be a Sunday school teacher. You told me that I would be preaching. You told me that I was going to write a book. You told me this and that and nothing has happened. And I messed up and I went into drugs and did this and did the other. But I'm back and I need that promise back. Let's stand.
Let me give you some instructions. <coughs> if the enemy has stolen something from you, your health, a ministry, a promise like I gave you, your, chill, your children, your husband, your wife, <coughs> I want to pray for you. Now, when I minister, the Lord will use me sometimes to bring a word, <clears throat> instruction. If the Lord gives me something for you, I'll deliver. If God, does, God doesn't give me anything, you ain't going to get nothing. It's <laughs> simple. <coughs> sometimes I go to places, people like, pick me up, call me, call me, call me. I was in a church in Washington State. This guy kept bugging me. <clears throat> Man, when are you going to pray for me? When are you going to pray for me? When are you going to pray for me? I said, brother, whenever the Lord tells me, if the Lord don't tell me to pray for you, I'm not going to pray for you. I don't, I don't, these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're not the gifts of John Delgado. <laughs> he operates the way he wants. I, I'm just, I'm just a dummy. I let him do whatever he needs to do. <clears throat> well, it was the last night. He's in the back. He's like this. And the Lord says, call, call him up. I said, oh my God. Here we go. I said, Lord, what do you want me to tell him? He's telling this. I said, listen, the Lord is telling me that the reason you're ticked off at your wife is because she corrected you because you was disrespectful to your pastor. And he made a decision and you wasn't in agreement with him. And now you're at odds with your pastor and with your wife. The Lord says that he's not going to open the door for you to go nowhere until you go home, make it right with your wife, and go to your pastor, repent and submit to whatever he tells you. You know, and I have the habit of saying, <laughs> you know, sometimes people, I minister a word to a person and everybody say, man, is this guy real? Or is this guy, is that, is that, you know, how does he know that? You know what? I don't even know how I know. All I know is the Holy Spirit tells me and I just spill it out. Is it true? Yes, it's true. So I prayed for him. We got rid of the service. When I went outside, I said, man, I deserved it for being a jerk. I should have kept my mouth shut. I was always interested if you would pray for me. <laughs> you know, you don't have to worry about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're not here to embarrass. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He is a gentleman. God can show me something in your life that's nasty. And the first thing I'll do is I'll take the mic and put it in the back pocket. And I'll come to you. There's ladies in the church that they like to lip read. You know, they want to see what you say. <laughs> I know, I've been there. Yeah, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. <laughs> because that's between you and God. That's not nobody's business. God has given you because he loves you. He's given you an opportunity to correct it. If you do, fine. If you don't, that's your problem. Not my problem. Remember, I'm the memo. So don't, don't be afraid. You know, don't get freaked out on me now. <coughs> when I finish ministering, that's it. Don't put me to the side. You were the one that called out, but I was afraid to go up there. I'm sorry, babe. Wait till the next, invite me the next time. I might never get back invited here, so you, you're out of luck. <laughs> Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I bring this congregation, I bring my sisters and my brothers that are here. You know their heart, you know their problems, you know the situations they're going through. Father, you promised me in your word that I can call upon you in the time of trouble. And you said you would show me a great and mighty thing. You said that you would open the Red Sea when there was no way to go that you would, your people can go through. 
You said in the word, Father, that you will make a way where there was no way. You said in the word that we are a head, not a tail. You said in your word that everything we touch would prosper. So I'm asking, Father, that you minister to your people today through the Holy Spirit. And let them know that there is a God in Beesville that is interested in them. That they're not alone. That you know their very heart, their condition. Father, we'll praise you and give you the glory and the honor.